The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I love the way that that video portrays the reading of the 23rd Psalm. I just think it's so beautiful and pastoral. But I have to tell you that in this socially distant world, running through a pasture by myself is not my idea of relief. It feels like I could do that on my own anywhere. And right now what I'm longing for is big gatherings. I'm longing to go to a ball game or to a restaurant. I'm longing to be with my friends. I'm longing for the church to be back in full. You are the church after all. I'm longing for the large groups and for the mingling and the being. And and, and sometimes those pastures, again, just seem too remote. Those still waters just seem so still when all the world is still. But I will say that I like the thought of being led. I like the thought of being led in in these troubled times. Let us pray. Gracious God, we do give you thanks for the day as you have given it to us. We give you thanks for your presence in our midst, whether in this place or in our homes. We give you thanks for the gathering of your Holy Spirit as you reach out, connecting us one to the other. And now be with us in these moments of worship. Help us hear the message from your Spirit, the message that will assure us of your presence and of your willingness to lead us forward. For it's in the name of the risen Christ that we offer this prayer. It's in the name of the risen Christ that we take our very next step. Amen. So as I said, I I like this idea of being led. I like the idea of, of God going before us. I mean, there's some big decisions being made right now, and I just want so badly for God's leading to be apparent and unmistakable. We're making big decisions about whether or not to go back out in public whether or not to to bring folks back onto the church campus and how that might look and what we might might do. I'm craving for the leading of the Spirit to be led by God. And there is that comfort in this passage for me because I believe that God will lead us no matter what. Will we make mistakes? Absolutely. Will we get the answers wrong or right? I don't know, but, but I know beyond a shadow of the doubt that whatever comes, 
that God is present and that God is leading each one of us. That's what the flip side of Easter is all about. That is what we are looking at these few days or few weeks after the Resurrection Sunday during the season of Easter. It's the flip side. It's the coming out of the grave. And what is it that resurrected living looks like? How is it that Jesus has made a difference in our lives? And and one of those ways, I think, is that we can be absolutely confident that God is present, that God is with us. We see this not just in dark valleys. We see this in the darkness of an empty tomb. And we recognize the lengths to which God will go to be with us. We recognize the links to which God will go to bring us back to life, to guide us, lead us into that new normal, whatever that new normal may look like. And we hadn't gotten there yet. But the faith is that God will lead us forward each step of the way. And that is one of the lessons of the flip side of Easter. The very nature of God is to be with God's people And this has been true all along, certainly even before Christ took on human form, became human actually, became one of us. God was willing to be with God's people. And we see that throughout the Hebrew Bible, what we call the Old Testament. We see from covenant to cross, God's willingness to be a part of what is going on in everyday life. God's willingness to bless this world through the people he calls together the descendants of Abraham, to the church. And so we know that it is God's nature to be with us, to be present. And we see that very clearly in the 23rd Psalm. We see how it is that God is still so very willing to lead us forward into the new normal that awaits us. And here's one of the things that we can be assured of, that God is present and what he desires more than anything is to restore our very souls, is to bring wholeness into our souls. The Hebrew word for soul that is used in this passage means body and soul, means spirit and flesh. It is, again, that desire of God to restore all of creation, working in and through us, his people. So I want us to look at this morning what it means to be God's people, to be those who are led in those pastures and beside those still waters. And I think to fully begin to understand the willingness of God to be with us, the presence of God in whatever circumstances it is we find ourselves, we have to begin in the middle of this beloved psalm. We have to start in the middle, and I'm looking at verse 4. It says this to us, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, or as King James says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. This is our faith. And in this, we can have great confidence. You know, I don't think David, King David, who authored this psalm, I don't think he was facing a global pandemic. I don't think he was trying as the leader of his people, trying to decide whether or not it is they would go back out into public in any number of ways and in great numbers or small numbers. I don't think King David was trying to decide whether or not to assemble his people for worship. But what I do think 
David is teaching us is that no matter what our dark valley is, God is present. No matter where it is we find ourselves in whatever circumstances, no doubt David had dark circumstances. No doubt he too lived in troubled times. Whatever he faced, whatever we face, God again is present. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yea, though I walk in the darkest of valleys, I will not fear because I know God is with me. And of course, these valleys are going to be different, not just between David's time and our own. Our valleys that we experience, this darkness that we may encounter, is different for each one of us. In, some, in this time, some of us may be missing our grandchildren, while others of us just want the kids to get out of the house. We're wishing those grandparents would show up and take them for a weekend. Our dark valley might be that we've lost our job. Or that we need something to eat. It's hard for us to put food on the table. Our dark valley may be that we are simply missing our friends and our fellowship. Our dark valley certainly is the desire to worship together and to be back together in this same space. Don't get too comfortable in your PJs there at home. God has called us together to worship together as his body. I don't know what the dark valleys are exactly. They're different for each one of us. They'll be different a year from now, five years from now. But again, what the scripture teaches us is that God is present in whatever those dark valleys are, willing to to accompany us, willing also, and this is important, not to leave us there, willing also to guide us up and out of those dark valleys, those dark places, those troubled times. God is willing to lead us on, lead us forward to restore our souls, to restore our lives, body and spirit, to restore our flesh, our soul, all of it. God wants to restore all of this for his people. And so we go back up to the beginning of the psalm just to grasp that one more time. He leads us to those green pastures and leads us beside those still waters, willing to take those steps with us again, each step of the way. And we know this to be true, not simply as people of Hebrew scriptures, but as people of resurrection, as people who live on the flip side of Easter, again, willing and understanding what God went through to get us back, to restore our relationship, to make it possible for us to truly love him as we love our neighbor, as we reach out to this world. We understand as the, on the flip side of Easter exactly the lengths that God was willing to go. All because his desire is to restore our souls. Restore our lives, make them abundant. Make us that blessing for other people. Make us who God has created his people to be all along. Up and out of the dark valley, beside still waters and green pastures. This is just part of the journey. This is one more step along the way. And we're moving from this place to another. We're making that transition from what used to be to what will be. But right now, we are in what is. Sounds a bit like a riddle. 
We are in what is, and, and many of you uh, received that devotion by Richard Rohr. I think it comes online, and Pastor Kyle brought it to us this week in our staff devotion, and I thought it was so appropriate to this psalm and to what we are experiencing now. Richard Rohr talked this week, or wrote this week, about those liminal spaces in our lives. Liminal spaces, liminal is Latin for threshold. It is that space where we are moving from one reality to another. It is that space that we find in between times. And the scripture is full of liminal spaces. There are all kinds of opportunities that God's people have had to go from one existence to another, to go from one reality to another, to go from one normalcy to a new normal. Again, just like that journey of Easter people, we know we can count on God's presence because God's been doing this all along, leading his people in new and different ways. Liminal space is going from one to another. It's the desert experiences in the Old Testament. God's people on their way to the land that is promised. God's people going up and out of bondage in Egypt and in that liminal space for 40 years. That was a long one. On that, their way to that land which God had promised, there is exile. The people are taken away from that promised land and they wait. In a liminal space, they wait for what it is God will do next. In the dark valley that the psalmist mentions here, they wait in those dark valleys sometimes, not knowing exactly for how long that liminal space may be. Moving on into the, to the New Testament, to the New Covenant, we have the liminal space that begins with pregnancy, <laughs> waiting, anticipating what God will do from Elizabeth to Mary. We, we have this space, we have this space of Easter morning, that space between Good Friday and Easter morning. What is it that God is going to do in that new normal? But here's the thing that Roar writes, let us not waste the liminal space. Whether we are in that between times in a desert experience or we feel in exile or we're in a dark valley, whether we're literally anticipating new birth or the new birth that comes on Easter morning, that coming up out of the grave and living a new life, these moments are sacred as well. That waiting, that anticipating is sacred too. What is it that God is doing with us now? As we wait, how is it that God is using this time, this liminal time, this liminal space to prepare us, to hone our faith, to craft what it is we will be in the new future, the new normal? What would it mean to be and to accept this time as a sacred time of formation, as a sacred time of, of renewing our trust, of understanding God's presence even in darkness, God's presence even in the unknown, and, and, and all the while anticipating the goodness that God will do. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know how this new normal is going to take shape, but we have every opportunity to make it more sacred, more holy than what has been. And as God works on us in this liminal space, in this between time, this between the dark valley and the green pasture, 
We can trust and we know because God is good to his word and God is good to his nature and God is a God of the living and the resurrected, a God that will do anything to bless his children and this world. Again, it's, it's what forms us in faith in the liminal pre, in, when we are in those liminal spots, those liminal places. I love how War put it. He said that liminal spaces are what occurs between the old comfort zone and any possible new answer. A liminal space is what is between that old comfort zone, the way things used to be, the way we understood them. Even if they weren't always the great times that some people romanticize about, they were familiar. And that liminal space is is moving from that old comfort zone into any possible new answer. Any possible new answer. There's no promise, again, of what specifically the new life, the new normal, the, the people of the resurrected God. It, it, there's no definite answer save the answer of the presence of God in all things. Dark valleys, still waters, green pastures, God is present. And the second part of that answer is found at the end of this psalm. Not only is God present, But the very nature of God from covenant to cross, from beginning to the end, is that God wants for us abundance. And God wants for us blessing. Because we hear that here in this text, God will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Right now, we might think of our greatest enemy as a little virus we can't even see. They tell us it looks like a crown. Right now, God is preparing a table of abundance for us, even in the presence, this liminal time of a virus. And we know that what will come can have every possibility of being a place of abundance because at this table, our heads will be anointed with oil. That's blessing. That's the calling out. And the setting apart of the people of God to be that blessing. So we know that future to which we go, to which we are led, is a future of blessing. We know it is a future of abundance for our cups shall overflow. Do we believe it? Do we believe that God not only meets us in those dark valleys? Do we believe that God not only gets us to those pastures and those still waters? Do we believe that on the other side of that liminal time that our cups will overflow? That the table that God sets is a table of abundance, of plenty. A table where all people are welcomed and where all people will be fed. There's always enough. And there's always more to go around for the cup overflows. And here's what we know. We've talked a little bit about God leading us. We've talked a little bit about God being present in the moment with us. We also hear in this text that God also goes behind us. God's got this. God is before and above and below and beside. God is also behind for what the promise of the scriptures tells us is that surely, surely, In this new normal, in this new reality, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord our whole life long. It's not just a promise for the afterlife. We shall live in the house of the Lord our whole lives long now. 
in this liminal space and in what we will become. Surely the promise is goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. We know what has been. We know the trials of this day. We also know that God will be true to his word and that we will be those who are followed by goodness and mercy. We are those who arrive at a table that God has set and set in abundance. We are those who are called upon to make room for everyone so that the world may know blessing through those who live into the resurrected life of Christ. That's the possibility of new normal. As God's people respond in faith, as God's people respond in this time of liminality so that we are formed in such a way that we are not satisfied as long as God isn't. We're not satisfied till the table is full and overflowing, till everyone is gathered, until we know that God's goodness and mercy is present now for us and God's goodness and mercy shall be present for all in this new normal. May it be so. Amen. And let us pray. Gracious God, we trust you because we trust your holy word. We trust that you are a God in new life because you left that tomb. We trust that you are a God who has blessed us abundantly because we live on the other side of Easter. We are the flip side of what you did when you came out of that grave. God, help us to embrace this time, this liminal space of formation and anticipation, this liminal space of expectation, this liminal space where you are still forming your people, preparing us for whatever it is that will come, for a new normal where all are gathered and all are blessed. And all shall know your goodness and mercy. God, help us now and in the days ahead. For it's in the name of Christ that we pray. It's in the name of Christ that we gather at your table. It's in the name of Christ that we live. Amen. And now we go forth confidence in the leading of God's spirit, confident that God is with us in the darkest valleys, in the moments of goodness and mercy, leading us to be his people for the sake of this world. Go in peace. Amen. Amen.